Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. today is Emily Leitman, and our topic is Finding Meaning After the Death of a Child. Emily is a licensed clinical social worker practicing in New Rochelle and New York City. She is the bereaved mother of Daniel and editor of the book, Our Children, Our Hearts, Journeys of Child Loss and Remembrance. She has been a facilitator at the Bereavement Center of Westchester. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. It's great to have you on the show, and I just, I'm really impressed. I've really enjoyed this book, um, Our Hearts, Our Children, Our Hearts, Journeys of uh, Child Loss and Remembrance. Um, it, it, uh, it's about 25 children who died, and their family members write about them. And what I like about this book, Emily, is, for one thing, their pictures, which I love to see pictures of the kids. The other thing Heidi and I found about this book is it, it's a little different because it's really personal. I mean, it's not edited and worked together. You know, it's not quite as slick as some other books I've read. It's really from the heart. Right, right. Uh, people speak <clears throat> in their own voices, and we have a, quite a diversity of parents. It's not written by clinicians. It is written by moms and dads whose children have died, and siblings as well. And they really reflect, uh, a diversity of, of backgrounds and experiences. Yeah, it's quite amazing. And I well, also like the yeah. fact that that you know I picked it up today and I was I was in a hurry, but I could you can get through each story quickly. They're not really really long, which I think is nice because you can get through a story and then put it down and come back later and get through another story. Right. And that's I like that part about it too. Yeah. It's, yeah. Because sometimes when you're suffering a grief and loss, you. You know, you need to have short sound bites. Well, that's it. If things things are too dense and too complex, it's hard to concentrate and focus. And I didn't find those kind of books helpful when I was newly bereaved. Mm -hmm. I thought it was great. Well, Emily, I wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit about your background and how you got into this. I noticed that you have had uh, a child die. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, It's been 10 years. Uh, Still sometimes feels like yesterday, but it has been 10 years since Daniel died. He was uh, 12 and a half, and uh, he was perfectly healthy, uh, but had an asthma attack and um, anaphylactic shock and uh, was in a coma for a couple of days, and um, he died in a hospital here in Westchester. That is shocking. And were you a social worker at the time? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm a psychotherapist, and I have a, a practice in Westchester in New Rochelle as well as in New York City, and uh, did not work with anything to do with bereavement or loss. Uh, and after Daniel died, uh, I went back for some training, and I now lead support groups. I facilitate support groups for child loss uh, on a weekly basis with parents, who've lost their child. Now tell me, uh, because I was a therapist at the time, My uh, Scott died also, and uh, he was 17, killed in an automobile accident, and I was real, I worked on a surgical unit at a hospital, and I worked with a lot of families where there was death and a burn unit and all that kind of thing. I was truly shocked at how difficult it was. Were you? Were you surprised at how horrendous it was? How horrendous? Having a child I was? The pain uh, of- I... I <laughs> 
Um, people who know will will understand immediately, but it was important, really important for uh, us, my husband and myself, to find some way of giving something back and remembering and having the whole world know Daniel. Mm-hmm. Uh, immediately, we wanted not just his friends who wrote in uh, and sent emails. We created a website, but we needed to do. And, and I started working in um, in child loss uh, about two years, two years after. And it was important for us to find a way of keeping his memory alive. And I think that's the creation of the book. Is the first part is experiences and um, how a child died in the situation. But the second part is making sure that the world, as as one of the moms said, the world knows Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a, and it's a lovely a lovely tribute. Now, how if our audience out there um, wants to write something, what would you say about writing? How 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 did you get people to approach this? How would they approach it? Uh, it was very interesting. This came from most of the people in our support group, uh, and people were journaling. They were writing, keeping some of their own personal journals, and some of them found that just putting the words on paper and thinking about them could be very cathartic. Uh, others, when they when we talked about the idea of putting a book together in the group, they said, oh, no, 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 I, I, I don't write. I don't do this well. My English is poor. And we met individually with these moms and dads, and immediately they just couldn't stop talking. <laughs> they couldn't stop writing. So some of us um, it took notes for them and then just gave them the notes back, and then they created their own essays. Oh, I, I love that. That's a wonderful idea. If you don't feel like you can write, tell somebody. Right. Or record it and let mm-hmm. them put it down. because right. uh, Because I think that's what's so powerful about this book, frankly, is that it's not skilled writers writing, you know, in a lot of in a lot of and, cases. And I'm people, sure in some there are. And people are so real with what they are experiencing after the loss. They are real and they're honest and they're upfront in this book, which I appreciate it because I could identify with a lot of those emotions. Yeah, there is, Heidi, there is a lot of passion. Um, mm-hmm. There's anger. Mm-hmm. Uh, people sharing their guilt, regrets, um, and it's um, honest, honest emotions, yes. One that Heidi uh, thought was particularly heart-rendering was the gift of fellowship and relationship, the Daniel Valquez. Yes, yes. With yes, the and boy I, who and died. I love, I mean, his father, Franklin Velasquez, is an, an adjunct at Fordham which, in social work, which is of interest to me because I'm an adjunct at Columbia. And I loved what he said at the end. He says, you know, his son died, um, Daniel died of an, an accidental drug overdose. And at the end he says, Franklin, the father says, Perhaps the death will awaken me to life and create a rebirth for my own soul and life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so beautiful. Right, right. And he also mentions in his, in his essays about um, uh, fellowship, and the greatest mm-hmm. gift is the gift of fellowship. So in his mind, he's going to be searching for God's presence uh, in his life with others. And I, and he gave quite a tribute to you, by the way, too, and the power coming of into groups, his life. Yes. And the power of groups and the power of people. Right, mm-hmm. and what God has done. And we have many of our writers uh, talk about religion and the anger that they have with God. And, well, uh, and I loved Mike. I so identified with Mike the sibling. Yes. Who basically said, as you can tell, I'm mad as hell. I'm angry. Mm-hmm. I am angry. And then he went on to list 
Yeah, and I could so identify with that and appreciated his honesty. Now, we're hoping that Michael uh, come on to the show later on. Um, but uh, also, is there anybody else uh, in here that particularly comes out for you um, when you think about this book, Emily? In terms of uh, just something that you think that would be helpful to our audience that yeah, they've said, or that you think, you think are, resonated with? Yeah, I think two areas. One is uh, addressing families and friends who do want to be there and who want to comfort us, and how do they do that? Uh, so this gives some suggestions of listening to your friends express feelings, and that's not so easy to do, as, as we all know, and that's truly a, a gift and a skill to be able just to listen. Mm-hmm. And that's helpful to the mom or dad whose child has died or the sibling. Yeah, you have a, a nice section back there on, and, on and what people can say. Saying and saying and writing the child's name often, uh, just calling on the phone, and even if the, no one picks up, which is pretty hard to do early on, and talk, uh, just just letting you know we're thinking of you, uh, we're there for you, uh, give us a call if you'd like, you know. Mm-hmm. So to reaching out to families and, and friends is a little bit difficult. Uh, and the other part of the book that, that I like is the, which all of us have written, is how we remember our children, our living memorials to our children. Oh, uh, yes. Talk about that. Uh, what are some of the things that our audience can do out there to remember uh, uh, that you found? Since since we started writing the book, I've I've learned a lot from other moms and dads uh, and things that are happening all the time. But you know, having a fundraiser or a walk or a concert, uh, someone just did swim across America where they put together a swimming. Team oh my goodness! <laughs> in um, it, it, I think they do it throughout the East and Seaboard. I don't know if you have it out there out west. I haven't heard about it in California, but yeah. it sounds wonderful. And um, so they put a team together. And mm-hmm. um, in memory of a girl who died of cancer, and um, they call it Talia's Talia's team. Um, another th- anything, just uh, high school scholarships, uh, lighting candles, making photo albums. A few of our writers have put together beautiful uh, albums and uh, of their children, poems magazines, books, all kinds of books. Many books have been written. Tattoos. We have a few people who have um, very memorable tattoos. Uh, Jewelry. They've created jewelry with necklaces and holograms. Uh, I know Compassionate Friends does that as well. Uh, We have angel statues. Somebody had created an angel statue in upstate New York, and now... Many people flock to just sit around the statue, and this was done in memory of her son who had died. Uh, she did not write to the book, but everyone who is part of the book has certainly gone up and visited with the statue. People, trees, plants, uh, songs. There's a beautiful song that was written called The Greatest Embrace. One of our writers discusses that, that... Uh, the best thing that could happen is uh, she looks forward to embracing her daughter who died at the age of two, and at some point they'll be together. That's, that's and um, the song is on a CD now done by Lisa Mathis, and it's, uh, it's, it's quite something. Mm-hmm. Very I love music. Music brings us to such a deep level. Yeah. It Another person does. has a teddy bear with all of her children's T-shirts and shorts. Oh, the, yeah. they, there is a, a company that 
creates teddy bears with your children's clothing mm-hmm. and uh, becomes meaningful forever. Uh, personalized greeting cards. A couple of people have angels on their porches and in the backyards. <laughs> uh, quilts. Uh, putting together all the pockets and T-shirts that the child had into a quilt. I was going to say I've seen some fabulous life quilts mm-hmm. um, done after someone has died with everything that they love dearly, you know, in a quilt. And you can even have them somehow the, the infused in a quilt, you know, copies of CDs made and put and sewn onto a quilt. I mean, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, uh, in the book, uh, Marie Ong, uh, yes. talks on healing, and I love she asks, is there such a thing as healing after loss of a child? And then she answers it, which is something I think is really lovely. I, I, she says, I think of it more as picking up the pieces and moving on. Can you talk a little bit about Marie and, and her work? She had done a beautiful uh, painting that is in the book, and this, and this was right after her daughter had died, uh, she created a painting where, uh, well, it's it's difficult to describe, but the um, the essence is that um, her heart is with her daughter, and um, her daughter is reaching up to the golden light and is not afraid of death. Mm-hmm. And her daughter was sick with cancer for a number of years, and um, so Maria had done a painting about that. But Maria knows a lot about healing. She has a lot of philosophies of Buddhist philosophy. She's well-read. And the book also lists a number of helpful books and resources that people can get support and inspiration from. Um, And um, Maria has been a a terrific member of our group and, um, and feels that now she needs to be there for her other daughter and for her family. And um, and she is very much so. And you were talking about you and your husband felt that uh, you you know you really wanted to do something uh, in your son Daniel's name for remembrance. I wonder is he a therapist? My husband no. My uh-huh. husband is in business. Uh-huh. But uh, after my brother-in-law created the website shortly after Daniel died, so that his friends could write emails to everybody, and especially to Daniel saying goodbye. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess that was the first thing we had done, and then we supported a new children's hospital in Westchester, the Maria Ferrari Children's Hospital, and uh, had some fundraisers and gave that money to the hospital in order to set up a, a room for other children who were going through uh, illness. And um, so we felt very, very good about that. Now, tell me, do you see with these groups and with the books and everything, a diff- the book, a difference between men and uh, women's grief? And would you have any advice for our folks out there who are newly bereaved? Uh, men and women, as, as I, I think both of you know, mourn quite differently. And I think the best thing that you can do is, whether you have a spouse or a partner or any family member with different genders, is to respect and support the fact that people mourn differently. Yeah, how do you see the difference? Uh, well, most there. of our group, I, I will say, most of our group is women, female, moms. We have fewer dads, but when the dads come, a lot of them are, are less talkative, less communicative, but are really listening and are very much supporting their spouses and other people in the group through body language, through a hand-holding, 
Um, so verbally, perhaps they're not communicating the same way as their spouse, but um, they really are there and need to do other things in remembering. We have a, a dad who has pictures all over his uh, office and all over his house uh, about on his daughter, and um, mom can't look at pictures. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was suggested yeah. that it was suggested that he take those photos and put them in his daughter's room or put them aside so that uh, um, mom can deal in a little easier fashion. And he did do that, but he mourns differently. She cannot look at pictures or videotapes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's interesting because I I feel more that way, and my husband is you know doing albums and I you know was. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the quite other interesting. things. Let me, let me, if Go I ahead. might, just add that quite interesting. She reads to him at night uh, from our book as well as many other books on loss, and that's how he likes to hear. He rather her read to him rather mm-hmm. than read books. Um, very interesting. And one of the interesting books about things about your book too is um, and your groups. I assume they not own, they don't limit the ages. It's, it's every age of child, right? Yes. We have where children have died uh, at the age of one, and I think the oldest is 42. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, I do, them. too, because we, we sometimes deny the um, parents of older children. And the siblings. Uh, adult, when adult children die, we don't realize it's, it's, it's as significant as any loss. I mean, that's a significant loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, you have a grandparent in here, too, I believe, right? We have two grandparents, yes, uh, and um, actually Mike, who wrote on sibling loss, his mom wrote as well, and um, I think uh, his he was 30 when his brother died, and um, his mom wrote about uh, her son's children, her grandchildren, two of mm-hmm. them. And it's great having something for an adult sibling, isn't it, Heidi? Well, and I think Mike brought up such a good point. When he and his brother were younger, there was a lot of sibling rivalry, which is normal among siblings. And it wasn't until they got to be adults that they became very, very close and worked through all that rivalry. And unfortunately, some kids don't have that opportunity to see that in the long run, you probably would be close to your sibling had they lived to adulthood. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we work things through. Right, right. Um, and as I guess, as as you know, Heidi, uh, people refer to siblings as having two losses: uh, their brother or sister, and sometimes the abandonment of their parents, right. because we, the the yeah. focus of mom and dad is on their uh, child who just died. Absolutely, we lose the family we once knew. We lose the parents we once knew because now we're living in a household of grieving people and grieving parents. Mm-hmm. Understandably, mm-hmm. but it is a double loss for for children. Mm-hmm. So, Emily, if people live in the metropolitan area, uh, New York City area, yes. you are in private practice, so they could get in touch with you. Yes, uh, the private practice in Manhattan, in New York City, and uh, also in New Rochelle and Westchester. And the best way to get in touch with me is um, through e- email. I think uh, Lateman at aol dot com. Okay, and it's. Uh, could you spell that for them? Sure. Laitman is L-A-I-T-M-O-N at AOL.com. Great. And, and do if you do... you're interested in the book, uh, 
they can uh, go to the book's website, which and, is Our oh, Children, Our Hearts, dot com. Okay, our children are hearts dot com, and uh, the book is also on our website too, uh, the uh, the grief blog dot com right now. Mm-hmm. So they'll be able to um, get that book. Well, how did people feel when it was all done? I mean, did you have a party or you know how did it we go? We did. We had a, a launching of the book, <laughs> and the writers were very very enthusiastic. And what it, what this has done for the writers uh, is is also quite significant. Um, people have said thanks for uh, letting me uh, have the opportunity to put into words the feelings that I've had in my heart for so many years. So some of these, some people, the children have died uh, 25, 30 years ago. Uh, more of them are, are more recent, but uh, still putting their feelings down in paper was, was very, very helpful. And we know that it will be well-received, and it already is, by other people who are newly bereaved and need ways to cope and mm-hmm. need something and, and it- and it's so hopeful. You know, mm-hmm. there's a message of hope in this book, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I liked Molly Fuma, uh, The Paradox of Healing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to read that, unless you've got your book and you want to read it. Go ahead. You go ahead. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, have you got your book? Okay. Um, or Heidi, why don't you read it, and we'll go what, out what on page, the show with this. What page are you on? Can you, can I, you tell me? I'm on page 149. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, that's right, Heidi. You don't have it. I've got it. I'm going to read it. I have You want to read it? Okay, go ahead, Emily. We'll go out on the show with this. Okay. The paradox of healing. The paradox of healing is that it is both holding on and letting go. We hold on to memories and we let them go. We hold on to feelings and we let them go. We hold on to an old way of being because the self we still are resides there. And we let go to a new way of being so the self can live on. Well, thank you, Emily. That is so beautiful. Thanks for writing this for the world and for being on the show and for all the work that you do. And thank you for doing what you guys do. Great. Thanks. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.